0: Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today I'm talking with Light Reading's Phil Harvey, Ian Morris, and Mike Dano about the AT&T and Ericsson open ran deal. We discuss why the partnership was surprising to many in the industry and what kind of impact it might have on the competition. I've got Mike, Ian, and Phil here on What's the Story. Welcome.
1: Hey. hey. Hello. Hi, Kelsey.
0: <laughs> Good to have you all here. And this is exciting. I've never had this many people on What's the Story before. So we're going to be talking about. We've never uh, met,
2: so it's, it's yeah. It's really, <laughs> like it's you guys really sound really so excited too. Uh, we're
0: like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are we? I don't For those listening, they're all nodding vigorously and uh, doing jazz hands right now. I'm super <laughs> excited to be here. I don't know about
2: jazz hands. I think that's pushing it. No, I'm just spirit know. fingers.
0: <laughs> so, getting right down to it, we're going to be talking about the AT&T and Ericsson uh deal on Open RAN. Oh, Phil, I saw those jazz hands.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. I just I could oh, uh, the so spirit much. moved me. I had to do something. <laughs>
0: open ran hands up all right and <laughs> you want to kick us off what what were your thoughts uh initial thoughts when this announcement came out uh
1: my thoughts yeah i mean i i was um a little surprised i mean credit to mike i think because i think he was the first uh guy to actually report on nokia um being dumped by at t picking up on something i think a uh, lumped put out l- late last week and you, you've obviously been in touch with him a bit mike but uh yeah, that was that was a really good scoop, and uh, and then if, and then all of a sudden, I, I think either at the weekend or Monday morning, they had this uh, deal with uh, Ericsson. They're announcing, and yeah, before long, people joining the dots, I guess, and and then it became clear during that press conference they had later that the two were were clearly linked, and you know, Ericsson's coming in, Nokia's going out, and it's all being presented as kind of a a sign of uh, a move towards Open RAN. Um, you know, seventy percent of traffic in the next few years will be on this sort of open RAN system, and 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 then for me, obviously, this all looks incredibly confusing because you you don't bring Ericsson out out of all the sort of big kit vendors. I mean, let, let's forget about um, Huawei because they they're sort of not part of the picture anymore, really, and certainly not in North America anyway. But uh, out of the big kit vendors, I think Ericsson's probably been the one that's been perceived to be the least resistant to, uh, the most resistant rather to open RAN over the last few years. And, you know, they haven't really kind of announced any accommodation with it. And earlier this year started making a fuss about it. I think actually at our big 5G event, when they were complaining about the spec not being up to to scratch for massive MIMO, which I think is a reasonable point. If you talk to other executives, they kind of go along with that. But there's been very little from them in terms of work they're doing on what we traditionally meant by open ran originally that sort of interface between you know the kind of computing stuff and and the radios and then all of a sudden this deal's presented as an open ran deal and and it's it seems to be mainly ericsson there's very little sign of it being um anything anything but open ran in, in name only at best i think certainly not in nature so I'm, I'm i was skeptical at the time and anything i've kind of picked up since then has led me to be more skeptical i mean my my interpretation of it, which is pretty similar to Nokia's, which is a CEO I spoke to earlier, but i i kind of dis, I kind of agree with them on this one, is that this is a move by AT and T to go to largely a single vendor system for financial reasons, and replace Nokia equipment with Ericsson equipment in the network. So they already used mm-hmm. Ericsson, I think about across about sixty five percent and Nokia across the other thirty five percent, and they're basically switching to an all Ericsson system with. A few other vendors there in in certain cases, I think. So uh, we might have some Fujitsu radios, but they've not really been very clear about the extent of the rollout there. And there might be some cloud RAN stuff provided by Intel and Dell, but again, it's it's certainly not all of the footprint from what I've been told, and 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 they've been quite cagey about how much is involved. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 skeptical. I think it's been presented as something it's not, and the Open RAN is very much a smokescreen for going to a single vendor deal.
0: Yeah, and isn't um that that's a great point? Isn't that kind of against what open ran is all about? I mean, aren't there supposed to be you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess able they would to see, use multiple, me, I mean, but I guess you know you probably start with one, but um, the, it it yeah. just seems like a little bit backwards. To me. I think mean,
1: you do start with one, though. I think that's that's one of the issues I have with it. I don't think you start with one. I think you have to have multi-vendor built in from the outset, really, to make it a multi-vendor network. Because the problem with this argument that I know some analysts have come out with, that oh, we start with Ericsson and, and as long as it's all open-rank compatible, we can swap stuff out in the future, is that nobody's going to swap out equipment that's very expensive, that's meant to be there for seven years, unless they really have to. It doesn't matter whether it's O-rank compliant or not. You've still got to take out products and put in other stuff. They're already, as far as I'm aware, and again, Nokia's CEO said this today, that Nokia equipment's not fully depreciated. So they're already bearing a cost to take this out and put Ericsson in. Um, you know, Everybody's always gone on in Europe about the cost of Huawei swaps, how they can't possibly do it because it's billions to replace all this stuff when it's not due for replacement in until sort of 2026, 20, 2027, 20, whatever it might be. So you, you won't take out equipment and put in, uh, other equipment unless you really have to so unless you kind of bake in multi-vendor from the outset it, i don't think it will be multi-vendor you know I, I, there might be a case where um an operator goes across a small portion of its network oh there's these new radios from mti that are really good and ericsson wasn't ticking the box there and we can get some special functionality let's take out a few sites and put that in but in terms of doing it on a kind of multi-thousand sites basis i just I don't see that happening at all. It just doesn't make any sense financially to me.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Um, Phil, oh, did you have something to add there?
2: Oh, I I want to hear from Mike, but um, okay. I, I think the, just really quickly, I think that Open ran in this case is, is, is more on AT&T's part, a lever to keep Ericsson in check since it is taking mm-hmm. that risk of having a single vendor. And, in this case, they're actually forecasting Open RAN compliance. So, you know, Open uh, Ericsson is not the, the gear they have now. Uh, uh, there's no certification on record at the ORAN Alliance for any anything, any bit of Ericsson kit. So they're saying they will be ORAN compliant. And I think when that day comes, sometime next year, we imagine, um, then ATT will have a lever to use to say, hey, if you don't perform up. Up to our standards, or if things get a little too expensive, we can always swap out this piece or that piece. But it's more of a check on their power than it is, in my opinion, a full uh, open armed embrace of of OpenRan.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of it from the perspective of AT and T, and I kind of put it into the the same category or the same thought process as when AT and T changed their 4G icon to a 5G icon on their phones. I don't know if you, if you remember that. That was at least four or five years ago. Yeah. What's like,
0: that, the 5G-E?
3: 5G-E. Yeah. So that's that's not That confused everybody. <laughs> it's, it's literally just 4G. They just changed the icon and did nothing else. But it gave yeah. all of their customers 5G immediately, right? Yeah, and so did. you can debate the, you know, was that, you know, Uh, was it, uh, were they lying or was that, uh, you know, an above the board decision? Well, you can make, you could argue about that, but, you know, in terms of, a of a strategically thoughtful and wise decision, I would actually say if you're just, you know, if you're AT&T, that's actually not a bad strategy, right? You just suddenly give all your customers 5G, you've leapfrogged the competition and you've spent no money. So if you look at it from AT&T's point of view, that's like pretty smart, right? Yeah. and it doesn't seem to have hurt them at all in the marketplace.
2: And so and I'm kind I of I imagine looking- if you're a consumer or a investor, I imagine you have to remember those instances and think about ORAN and then think about sustainability and think about all the work that they claim they're doing on behalf of first responders and you put it all in the same bucket and go these guys are just going to say whatever to mm-hmm. to make the stock price go up. So you kind of you that's how I look at it anyway. Is this this is just another one of those, you know harmless uh fudging of the numbers.
3: Right. And I'm and I'm looking again, I'm looking at it from AT&T's perspective and so they come out of this, so they come out of this deal with Ericsson with cheaper radios from Ericsson, right? Um and the whole that was their they've been involved uh, AT&T has been involved in the O-RAN alliance for years. They were one of the founding members. You know, was their goal to be able to mix and match equipment or was their ultimate goal to get cheaper equipment? Uh, and using the Open RAN specifications to force their existing providers, their existing vendors, to give them cheaper equipment. And if that was the goal, you know, success. And also, you know, in addition to that, they can say that they're setting themselves up for an Open RAN future, which, you know, if if they've got Ericsson to agree to provide Open RAN specifications at some point in the future, you know, not now, but in the future, then you know again mission accomplished on the part of AT&T they've they've gotten Ericsson to to install uh open specifications and so i'm i'm not sure if their goal was to bring in all these vendors and create all this integration headache you know probably i would expect AT&T that wasn't their goal their goal is to get lower prices and so in that case you know mission accomplished they gave 5g to everyone early on now they're yeah. they're they're getting cheaper equipment you know, I, I'm not saying I kind of a smart idea, honestly.
2: Also to, to put Ericsson or to put at over as, as wrestling folks would say to put them over, <laughs> um, the, uh, the other bit they're getting is, uh, simplicity in their network. You know, it, it helps simplify their network and they're big fans of running, you know, disaggregated, um, uh, disaggregated equipment in their network. So this helps, uh, uh, work with what they've already got a lot of experience with operationally. Um, and, you know, by going down this open, so the open ran path for, you know, to sort of make sure that Ericsson is, is embracing this open ran path. It isn't just, you know, about working with other vendors. There is some, uh, point of disaggregating different pieces of the network. And also, um uh, you know, so that, that lines up well with AT and T's approach to their network uh, in the last five years, and it definitely you know simplifies their invoice. So I think you know, like Mike was saying, this is a this is a huge win for them.
1: Yeah, I I think yeah. Mike's point's really good about putting pressure on the traditional kit vendors to do this, um, which I'm surprised more kind of analysts haven't picked up on in a way, because um, it's slightly ridiculous if you think about it that. The message at first was, oh, we want multi-vendor networks and it's all going to be about mixing and matching. And let's give a spur to some of these smaller guys like Mavenir and Parallel Wireless. Now now that now the argument seems to be open RAN is a justification for having a single vendor in the network because we don't have to worry as much, you know, because if they're not playing ball, we can just swap them out in the future because they're open RAN compliant. So if other operators are thinking the same way, it's pretty bad news, I would say, for um, these these challenges in the market that are expecting to come along. If this is even more of a a reason just to have one big vendor in the network, where you might have been worried about dependency before, or you can say, oh, we don't have to worry about dependency because of these open interfaces. I think that's a really bad mess, un, sort of underlying hidden message, really, that should alarm some of these smaller companies. And the the other thing about lower prices is, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about this kind of downward spiral at the moment. I mean, Ericsson and Nokia aren't doing very well they um, this idea that um, operators are being squeezed on pricing, which I know some of the some of the uh, uh, companies have been keen to kind of promote and Rakuten's gone on about this before, that it thinks that there's margin inflation going on. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hold up if you look at their financials. Ericsson is cutting about eight and a half thousand jobs at the moment. You know, came out with that announcement back in February. Nokia's is in a really bad state. It's in an even worse state now after losing a customer that was you know accounting for apparently between 5% and 8% of mobile network revenues so you're 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 kind of weakening one of your two big options significantly you don't have a third option because you can't use chinese vendors in the in the us and that was that was the kind of other other solution for european players you, know, you there's a there's a real danger that we end up with a, a kind of you know monopoly like situation and then a kind of smattering of smaller Subscale vendors that no one really trusts to do anything because they never have before. So, why should they now?
0: Yeah, I think those are really interesting points about how it could, um, you know, shape the competition in the future. And it, it does seem like, uh, you know, maybe on the outset it would be um, less expensive to go with Ericsson, but down the line, is it going to be more expensive for ATT potentially if they've? Um, you know, diminish the the I guess staying power of some of these smaller companies. Um, Mike, what what are your thoughts on how this might impact uh, competition going forward in this market?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out. I mean, we've we've definitely seen you know, parallel wireless had trouble, but as Ian wrote just today, the parallel wireless is sort of back in the news and back installing stuff. Mavenir um, had its uh, analyst day about a week ago, and 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 uh, from my understanding, they're they're uh, they haven't reached some of the uh, revenue targets that they had hoped to, but um, they 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 did tell apparently a growth story about you know supplying companies like Dish and stuff, and so. I think it's a it's kind of a glass half full or half empty. I mean, we we do have these newer suppliers that are coming into the market. They're not getting huge contracts. I mean, Ericsson just got this huge contract from AT and T, but they are you know they are getting contracts. And you know, Mavenir is a big supplier to Dish, and uh, you know, Dish's network is going to be on twenty thousand towers by the end of this year, which is a pretty significant network deployment. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to say, um, and, uh, but, but yeah, I think, uh, I think broadly we are seeing, uh, just, a, a really, th- this year I think has been incredibly challenging for vendors of all shapes and sizes, no matter what their situation. I think, uh, spending is way down, way lower than anyone expected. And, um, I actually just read a report from Bank of America that said that situation won't t- change until the second half of next year carrier spending will not start up again until second half of next year, which uh, I think, you know, if any vendor is struggling now, it's going to get even worse next year is my, is my takeaway from that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And not uh, to digress too much from um, the conversation about AT&T and Ericsson, but did the report um, indicate why spending would change? Is it as they're kind of going through that backlog of orders um, as that clears up?
3: Yeah, exactly. They they said there's yeah the there's backlog of orders right now, but also there are indications of just lower spending aside from the backlog. And that's why it won't pick up until second half of next year, though. Spending will have to increase at some point because carriers do need to stay ahead of capacity demands and traffic and that kind of stuff. But um, they're, I think they're, everybody's in cash saving mode right now. And you
0: know, it looked like you had some thoughts to add.
1: Yeah, I, I totally, sorry, I mean, I, 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 interrupted I, I you. <laughs> no, no problem at all. No, um, uh, Nokia CEO said something similar, actually more alarming than that. He sort of made the point that, uh, sorry, my cat's appeared in the, uh, in the screen there, but uh, <laughs> Hello, I was I, the, yeah.
0: it's a little oh, fuzzy. Dude. So it, it really looked like a monster was coming I did, up. I but did, but,
2: thought I saw an alien.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, naughty cat, yeah. Uh, no, Not, not back this CEO was actually saying it's, it's, it could last for longer than that in the mobile sector. He said that, um, so their latest forecast, I think this probably got buried a little bit with the, uh, all the investor stuff they were coming out with today. They've got this big investor day, but um, they're talking about mobile recovering in the second half of the 2020s. So next year and 2025 is the implication will be fairly bleak years for RAN spending. And he's, he's, he's more optimistic about, you know, kind of IP optical fiber fix, all this sort of stuff. But the, the, the mobile sector, he sounds really pretty downbeat about, and that's not just to do with the, um, you know, the at t deal. That's, that's kind of a, a, a broader issue. So um, I think it, India's, India's a bit of a challenge at the moment, you know, they had this big 5G rollout going on that had buoyed them a bit and, and been good news for Ericsson. But it seems like most of that's done now. They've moved so quickly that uh, it's um, yeah, it's uh, there's not as much money to be made there as, as as there was earlier in the year when it was kind of lifting their sales. So it's it's not yeah, it's kind of it's a little bit worrying. You kind of look at the the status of the of the market, and I'm I'm kind of nervous about we had there's been so much about job losses. I'm just kind of trying to write something about jobs at the moment. We've got these end of year pieces going out, obviously looking ahead and. You know, it's been a pretty pretty depressing year, and you kind of just see a risk of more of this continuing. I think into twenty twenty four. I don't like being this miserable all the time. I, I want some kind of good news. But I was going
0: to say this is yeah. this is getting bleak. It's great. <laughs> we, yeah. we need your Happy cat to come back to in it. with some uh, some positive insight or something.
2: <laughs> no, I think it's it's a challenge of selling into a you know a saturated market. So it's like five G didn't make that big of a difference to most people. And then we also hit a plateau in terms of what smartphones are act- are capable of with an, you know, and I'll, I'll amend that statement by saying like, not just what they're capable of, but what they're capable of that most people functionally care about, you know? So obviously smartphones are incredibly, you know, capable, but do most people really need what they're doing at the high, high end, you know, for each new model and does the network, really get taxed, you know, um, by, by all of these new capabilities. And the answer is really not, not at all. It, I think most people were pretty happy with 4g they're well enough with 5g. It didn't make that big of a difference, the switch. And so I do think you have to kind of build in a little bit of, uh, time for the market to, uh, to settle because it's so saturated, you know, it's, it's, everybody has a smartphone, everybody can do everything they need to do with a smartphone. There doesn't seem to be any new thing that we, that the market needs that the carriers aren't providing um, except, you know, in the U S lower prices. Um, You know, that's, that's kind of uh, the the thing on the, uh, on the other side of uh, you know, on the wired side of things. um, I think there's incredible growth happening and there's a lot of investment in infrastructure build outs and stuff like that. So that'll have a knock on effect to the mobile network eventually. But I think that stuff takes a little bit longer. And, uh, and, and, uh, but, but that's coming, you know, so that lift, it, it does kind of make sense that maybe toward the end of next year, that lift starts to happen, because a lot of those projects are just getting going now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, as we close out, does does anyone have any closing thoughts? on this and and maybe what, you know, next year looks like for Open RAN. Mike, do you want to start? Yeah,
3: I mean, I, you know, this, I, I think that this agreement between AT&T and Ericsson is huge and we'll reference it for years and years. And I think it's just the start. Um, I think that, you know, from from what I see, it's that AT&T is, is buying the Ericsson platform and then it'll put stuff on top of the Ericsson platform. Um, so Ericsson is the big winner, winner there, but you know they've they've said they're going to put in radios from Fujitsu that you know Fujitsu already has an integration deal with Ericsson. But but I th- I would expect in the future that we'll see more vendors put on top of the Ericsson platform. Is is my guess? The extent of you know mixing and matching and how that's all going to play out. I I think that's an open question, but I I, I do expect to see more vendors put on top of, of Ericsson's Ericsson platform.
0: Mm -hmm. Ian or Phil, any additional thoughts?
1: I mean, I, I, I'm kind of keen to look out at what it means for, um, Ericsson's financials because, um, you're, you're swapping out. This is this is something I've heard from various people, as well as Nokia's CEO kind of confirmed that a lot of this equipment's actually not that old. So you're bearing a cost to swap that out. Now, if at done this for financial reasons, and it's got good prices, and I think Earl Lung was also speculating about this in a recent research note, saying that there's a huge amount of vendor financing attached to this, then this is going to start to show up in Ericsson's um, accounts in the next few quarters. And that's not going to look so good to investors as landing the deal did in the first place so I'm, I'm kind of keen to see that and i think the other thing that's be interesting to look out for is is there an outsourcing aspect to this there was a very interesting chat room that's that's kind of used by at&t employees who seem to have caught wind of this whole thing about three weeks ago speculating that a bunch of ericsson staff would be going over to uh, sorry at&t staff would be going over to ericsson's part of the deal which is something we've seen happen before but seems like quite an old-fashioned sort of um type of move not something you associate i don't think with with open ran and cloud ran but that will obviously show up in terms of employee numbers and what's happening I mean, we we know that at&t ceo loves to cut cut staff numbers and reduce the workforce and he's all about efficiency so it would certainly kind of appeal to him i think but um you can't hide this stuff it's going to turn up eventually so yeah i'm going to be keeping an eye on that next year
2: yeah, I agree. I, th- I think from the market consolidation point of view and from the, you know, vendors who aren't Ericsson, it is a very challenging environment and, you know, continues to be um, you know, for open RAN vendors up and down the stack, I think that's it's it remains a challenging environment and um and and it also remains to be seen, you know, do they really have a shot at participating in deals like this in the future? Um, but I think from the software, you know, from a disaggregated you know, looking at disaggregated networks and kind of the um, what the Open RAN spec defines and the software innovation possible on radio networks, um, I'm bullish that that will unlock new features, functions, and capabilities in the network, and that maybe that will also lead to um, more market participants as well. But I don't, I don't expect that in the short term. This stuff takes a while, so, um, so I, I guess I'm. I'm optimistic as ever, looking forward, um, and and can't wait to sort of hear more about those capabilities. But in the short term, short to medium term, yeah, it is a, it is a, a this is a huge example of until we see otherwise, uh, you know, market consolidation, and um, so we'll just have to kind of wait and see if 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 that changes.
0: Yeah, definitely will be an interesting story to follow and um, look forward to discussing it with you guys in the near future. Thanks so much for joining me on What's the Story? Thanks,
3: Kelsey. Thank
2: you.
0: Thank you so much, Phil, Ian, and Mike for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our amazing producer, Pierre Landrio for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.